it feels to me like the language is being selected to kind of mislead people to go, oh, nothing's going to change. I mean, this is at the end of the day, this is a tax increase because we have debt that we are obligated to much longer than the current bond. Yeah, I completely understand your point, Aaron. I think what we're trying to do is we're just trying to be very specific so people understand the situation. And, and you're absolutely right. You take on more debt, you have to pay back that money and that money comes from taxes. And so I understand your point there. But what we don't want taxpayers to think is that we're going to be increasing their tax rate, which we do not intend to do. Welcome to the Eans Parents United podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Silva. Join me for meaningful conversations and timely information about Eans School District, its past, present, and where we all hope, for the good of our children, it's heading. On today's episode, we've got the discussion about the upcoming bond. This is no ordinary bond. This is the largest bond in Eanes School District history, a whopping $131.4 million. All of us that pay property taxes will be burdened by this bond for at least 20 years. So is this a tax increase or is it something else? And why are they dividing it up into proposition A, B, and C? And what happens if one proposition fails and the others pass? All of these questions and their answers will be discussed today with our special guests, Chris Scott, the Chief Financial Officer of the Eanes ISD School District, and Jeremy Trimble, Assistant Superintendent of Operations and Planning. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for joining us. Gentlemen, welcome to the Eanes Parents Unite podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And um, Jeremy, uh, this is your third appearance, and in doing so, I think you've actually been here more than Dr. Arnett. <laughs> yeah, and there's actually a green jacket um, that because he's a three-timer, mm-hmm. and um, we asked him ahead to uh, bring the jacket in, and he would not do it. He would not do yeah, it. Yeah, so we're going to have to go to his house or something and find a way to get it. Yeah. I goes, want that green jacket. <laughs> yeah, I want the I green want jacket, it, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And Chris, uh, Mr. Scott, welcome for being here. Your first time on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's good to be here. If you do a good job, we might have you back. Oh, I'm counting on it. Okay, good. All right. So we're here to talk about the bond. Um, this is a big vote. Uh, early voting starts April 24th. Yes, correct. And you can vote on the bond on April 24th. Correct. But the official election is May 6th. Yes, sir. Okay. So before we get into the bond, um, I would like uh, maybe Chris or whoever wants to, why don't you just, let's go back to school. Tell everyone, what is a bond? Sure. For uh, municipal governments, including schools, uh, bonds are a way of taking on debt. So a lot of what we do, we do out of the operations budget, which is uh, where we pay our staff, where we um, pay for fuel to, to drive the buses. Mm-hmm. We pay for electricity. But whenever we have things that uh, are more capital expenditures, uh, that's when we go out for debt. We just sell bonds. Um, we get the money from that, and then we can do these these longer-term projects, and then we pay the, the, the bonds back over a period of time. We're going to get into the specifics of this bond real quick, but before we do, update everyone on what is the current fiscal status of the district. Um, I recall there was a, an approved deficit last year, Things have changed. Inflation 
money coming back in from investments. Where are we as we sit right now? Sure. We did pass a deficit budget back in June. Uh, when we passed the budget, there are a lot of things about what how, what's going to drive the budget that we don't fully know yet. Uh-huh. And as we've gone through the year, uh, we've revised that up. And, and currently, we're projecting that we'll end the fiscal year on June 30th with a surplus of a little over $2 million. Wow. And the when we approved the budget last year, how big was the deficit approved? It was about a million-dollar deficit, which we typically expect the budget to perform better than than the budget for some technical reasons, but yeah. I won't go into. Okay. Um, so we expected that it was going to perform at about a break-even, uh, but uh, conditions have uh, moved a little bit, and so now we're looking at a surplus. Gotcha. So about a $3 million swing since yeah. last year. Gotcha. And do you think um, when we do the budget for next fiscal year, it's going to be similar, or what are you thinking? Our early projections are showing that we're probably going to be looking at a at a surplus of some size next year, probably not as large as this year, uh, but right now I'm thinking probably in the neighborhood of a million dollars, depending, of course, on gotcha. on uh, decisions that the board will make over the next few months. Gotcha. And does the surplus um, budget a reality that we're going to see this year also include the impact of the teachers' raises that were approved last year, the midpoint raises? It does. Okay, good. All right. So we're in we're in the black. We're, we're in pretty good shape right All now. All right. I've watched many board meetings, and we, I've seen several presentations on a population decrease. So population decrease, in my simple mind, means that we're going to get less recapture dollars over time. So what are we doing? How are we thinking about getting less money in the future from m and I mean, uh, you know, everyone, what considerations are we making knowing that's going to happen? Yeah, we, we are seeing um, slight declines in enrollment year over year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's projected out over the next several years, right? Yeah. And we may flatten out around 7,600 um, total students. Um, but one thing that we have in this district, we're unique in a way uh, that we are a destination district and yeah. we do have, you know, out-of-district transfers that, that do come in. We mm-hmm. we allow employment employee transfers to come in yep. as well. So that is one way that we can counter some of the enrollment decline that we're seeing. But uh, a lot of that happens at the elementary level, but yeah. we're not alone in that. Every district is seeing lower numbers in enrollment at the elementary level hmm. um, than projected. But here we have a unique situation. Um, it is very costly to live in our district. Yeah. That's a that's an obstacle. And we do believe that over time, we hope that some of our transfers may counter that. It may not be a one for one, We may, but if we can close that gap, I think we'll be in a better situation overall. All right. So we're in a good spot uh, fiscally, got a surplus. We know the decline is happening, but we think we have an answer short term. All right, let's get into the bond. Why do we need this, what's called a maintenance and efficiency bond of $131.4 million? It still is $131.4, right? Correct. Okay. Tell us why we need this. Why do, why do I want to pay for this as a property owner? Sure. Well, if you look over the past um, few bond cycles, you'll see there's a trend of around every four to five years. And if you look at what's contained within those bonds, there's very similar items. Our facilities across our district, not only our campuses, but our support facilities as well, they're all constructed at different times. Mm -hmm. They're all unique in and of themselves. So as components tied to those facilities, um, also including technology, they age and they need to be replaced at different times because mm-hmm. because of replacement cycles, then they reach the end of useful life. So as those come up on different cycles, um, those need to be replaced. If we don't utilize bond funds, then we utilize M&O funds. And as Chris mentioned earlier, 
that's a small margin of our budget yeah. because 87% of our M&O budget goes to staff. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot of money left over for those capital type expenses. Not, Bond, a, not bonds 131 are million. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So bonds are a way um, to fund those capital projects and infrastructure um, as well, which are what bonds are, are built for. And so in this specific bond, you'll see a couple of buckets that these projects fall in. Mm -hmm. um, one being safety and security. You'll see that again. That's consistent. Also, student programs and support, our energy efficiency and savings. And then um, lastly, facilities and a lot of the infrastructure that's tied to, to our So campuses. you've got an A, B, and a C. You've got a, a Prop A, $118 million. Proposition B, $2.4 million. And Proposition C, $11.2 million. Why did you break it up? I mean, were you... Right. Were you thinking that there was a likelihood that part of it would fail if it was in there and it, was, it would appear as pork and you didn't want the whole thing to go down, kind of like legislators do? Aaron, I think this aspect is very important mm -hmm. because we do want our voters, our community to understand why it looks a certain way. Yeah. Um, so some things are new since the last time our voters went to the polls. So in May of 2019, just after the, the last bond um, was approved, the 86th legislative session just came out, and there's a lot of new laws and requirements that were enacted that impacted school districts. Okay. Um, what you're talking about is one of them. Okay. And so they made a law that requires school districts to break apart certain projects contained within a bond, both into a general proposition and special propositions. Okay. So there's requirements tied to both of those categories. So general proposition is what our voters will see it as Proposition A. That's A. That's uh, the big one. The $117.4 million. Mm -hmm. That um, proposition contains the bulk of the of the, of the projects. Okay. What's um, special about the other two is um, the law requires that any improvements, renovations to an athletic facility that seats a thousand or more spectators, which is our Chaparral Stadium For at sure. Westlake High School, any of those projects tied to that facility have to be on its own proposition. Interesting. So that's why you see Proposition B tied to the stadium. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the third, Proposition C, the law also states that the purchase of technology, equipment, and devices, which are our staff and our student devices, that as well has to be on its own standalone proposition. That's Proposition C, which is just over $11 million. So that's why it looks a little gotcha. different. You know? And so it's very important when a school district like ourselves goes to taking on debt to pay for those type of devices and how we pay off those devices, which we have a strategy tied directly to um, that, that technology with a, a shorter lifespan. So we, we prioritize those bonds and paying them off as early as we can. Yeah. And um, that draws my attention to something I noticed, which was in the large Proposition A bond, there is a call out for the need to purchase musical uniforms and football uniforms. And the first thing I think is like, why in the hell am I taking out debt to pay for clothes? That's not CapEx. So why is that happening? Um, those are actually um, assets um, as far as the, the state would define them. Uh -huh. uh, and so they have a, a longer term uh, useful life, particularly uh, band uniforms you called out. Mm -hmm. uh, they typically last for 10 to 15 years. And so those are used by students after students for over a number of years. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with football helmets, um, those sorts of things. They have they have a long useful life and they're quite expensive. Yeah. And so um, that's why we like to capitalize those 
But again, they're, they're not 20-year assets, and we want to make sure that we are paying them off uh, within their useful life. Yeah, and Aaron, one thing to remember when we go to uniforms is the traditional way of doing this is that a, say, a varsity uniform, yeah. varsity may receive a new uniform, their existing uniforms may waterfall down to a junior varsity or a freshman. Oh, gotcha. So that that's how that, that asset that we purchased initially is making its way through okay. the system. And, uh, and so that's how we get to that kind of 10 years. Gotcha. Um, I noticed also in there, there is $200,000 for a future bond consultant. What is this? Absolutely. So one, one of the things that we understand, this is a program maintenance and efficiency bond, mm-hmm. um, but we need to be effective in looking out um, to the future. Okay. Um, and hence so the, the title. Yeah. Hence, <laughs> hence the title. And what, what it, it's there for is planning for well, any- it's a future bond consultant. Not it, a person. It's not it's called not, future bond consultant. Yeah, th- this is if we if we need to utilize uh, professionals um, to look out into the future and mm, uh, okay. in future bonds, then we can utilize this. This is something that where the planning dollars would be in this bond for anything that may come gotcha. up to look in, look into the future. Did, it's not an actual person. Though. Okay, I beg your pardon. All right, did we do this in the last bond? Did we have that allocation yes, of wealth? We called it the same thing. Yes, sir. Okay, um, when I look at the. Um, the last bond, there's a lot of similarities, and maybe you can explain why it appears um, some of this, we're paying for the same thing. So for the listeners, in 2019, we passed an $80 million bond. $8 million was for safety and security, which is very similar to what's in Prop A on this one, security cameras, software, and so forth. Um, $5 million in energy efficiency and conservation was in the last bond which you find in here relative to solar panels and these types of things. And then we had $28 million in facilities. Some of the notes were HVAC, roofing, turf, and I see some of that in this bond. So what's going on there? Are we Did we not spend the money previously, or is this new money? or you know, what, what? Why does this look so similar? Yeah, I think you'll con- continue to see similarities. Um, the, the example, let's take, for example, the high school. The high school is almost 600,000 square feet, but it wasn't all built at the same time. And so the original campus built in 1969. The ninth grade center on the other end of the campus was built in 2003. So there's components involved in those in that one facility that were installed at different times, and so they need to be replaced at different times. We try to defer as much as possible, um, but what we need to do is uh, budget in a bond to replace those major capital um, assets. Um, and when it comes to turf. Turf yeah. is installed at different times, so remember, a lot of these are tied to uh, replacement cycles. And gotcha. as they come, as that replacement comes up within the bond cycle, this one we're kind of carrying through the 27, 28 school year if it was to be approved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's several things that you'll see that come up. But also we know that safety and new requirements that are coming out, so we may have to improve upon what we have now. Mm-hmm. And in order to do so. Um, we would need capital funds in, in mm. order to, to make those improvements. Mm. And one of the focuses, we started kind of in 2015, had a bigger um, impact with the 2019 on energy. Uh, 2019 involved a, the LED conversions of all lights inside of our campuses. The proposal on the 23 involves solar, introducing mm. solar into the district. Why? Because we spend a, a large amount of money on electricity. How much, Chris? How much we spend? About a million dollars a year. A million a year um, for the entire district. Okay, Correct. go ahead, bud. Right. Mm-hmm. And so looking at solar, we're always trying to look at ways that we could potentially save MO dollars, mm-hmm. which goes to paying staff um, and teachers. 
And so this is an opportunity that mm-hmm. we can lower our energy consumption also to avoid any rate increases, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's some cost avoidance tied uh, to that. So we're always looking at ways that we can spend CapEx dollars yeah. in order to save him no operating funds. On the occasion when these pesky solar uh, salesmen make it into my neighborhood, past the gate uh, guards that are supposed to keep them out, that's a whole other thing at the HOA, but they come in, they ring the doorbell, and they want to sell me solar, they talk about payback. Right. Um, you're going to save so much energy per year. And this is the payback. What's the payback on our how much are we going to spend on solar? And what do you think the payback is? So uh, within this, uh, based on rebates that are available mm-hmm. and um, incentives from the city of Boston, obviously, yeah. um, they're incentivizing the installation of solar. The, that project would be paid for during the lifespan of the of those solar panels, right? Which is, so the life of 25 years, those panels would pay for themselves over 25 years. And with the rebates, but not the energy reduction, cost reduction, or are you factoring both? Factoring both. Factoring both. Mm-hmm. So we install the solar, in 25 years they've paid for themselves. Yeah, which is the life How of the long panel. are we paying this bond off for? The bond will probably be paid off in 15 to 16 years. Okay. Uh, we're, we'll, we'll be selling 20-year bonds but we typically retire a lot of them early. Uh, and so uh, historically, uh, the life of it will probably be 15 to 16. All right. So let's talk about that just a little bit. So um, we had this $80 million bond in 2019, and we're paying that off early. Correct. Right. And these are normally 20-year bonds. Just for curiosity, what's our debt service annually right now that we are putting out there for all the bonds that we owe? About how, how much per year? How, how much are we paying for yeah. that service? Yeah, yeah. This year, I believe it's right around $24 million. $24 million bucks, And that comes out of our M&O budget? No. Um, debt service comes out of INS budget, um, which is dedicated for debt relief only. Mm-hmm. And so when you get your uh, tax bill in the mail, uh, you see a single number. And this year was 1.0046. Mm-hmm. Um, what they don't tell you is that that's actually broken up into multiple parts. And the part that's dedicated to servicing our debt is $0.12 cents out of that total of $1. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate you bringing that up. Now, one thing I notice in the marketing, we're here to talk about convincing people to vote for this bond, and I've noticed the marketing uh, everywhere on the the signs, and I watched the videos carefully, and on the website, um, there's there's this parsing or, or of, of language that it says, if you vote for the bond, whether it fails or it doesn't, it will not increase your tax rate. It goes on further to say, even though state law requires bonds to say, quote, this is a property tax increase, this bond will not increase the tax rate. Uh, as we were talking to before we came on the air, to me, anytime you add a bond, it's always a tax increase. It's never not a tax increase. Why, why is this language, it feels to me like the language is being selected to kind of mislead people to go, oh, nothing's going to change. I'm there's no tax. I mean, this is at the end of the day, this is a tax increase because we have debt that we are obligated to much longer than the current bond. Is that right? Yeah, I completely understand your point, Aaron. Mm-hmm. I think what we're trying to do is we're just trying to be very specific so people understand the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and you're absolutely right. You take on more debt, then you have more. Uh, you have to pay back that money, and that money comes from taxes. Yeah. And so I understand your point there. But what we don't want um, the taxpayers to think is that we're going to be increasing their tax rate which we do not intend to do. Okay. If this bond didn't pass, what would happen? You know, our school's going to burn down, you know, a turf going to come up in the middle of the field, stop that winning touchdown. What's going to happen? Well, there, there's a lot of things tied to safety, Okay, right? And that obviously our priorities that we 
we could not fund $131.4 million next year to, to implement these projects. Yeah. So we'd have to make some some decisions mm-hmm. um, um, around it, and we'd have to make decision with the board. Would they want to go out Come again? Come back for a different bond right? or something? Yeah. And so we'd have to we'd have to reevaluate um, mm-hmm. things, but understand that there are components in here that would still need yeah. to be done. Are there? Yeah. Is there any imminent risk? You know, there's needs and wants. We want all this, and certainly some of them are needs. What do you think is the top top priority of the three bonds? What's the one that's the most important in your mind? I'll tell you right now that uh, one important aspect of what you see in front of you, what our voters were seeing in front of you, is that this was developed by um, a bond advisory committee that the board appointed. Mm-hmm. And um, and so utilizing that group that worked tirelessly over six to eight months and developing a recommendation to the board in which they felt the community would support. And like I described earlier, those are parsed out between three propositions so it's it's hard to tell you what that committee so would. It's not really your position to advocate one way or the other because uh-huh. someone else made that Correct. determination, and they Correct. were all taxpayers. Correct. All and with mm-hmm. kids in the district. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jeremy, you were on a previous episode, and we talked a lot about the safety, and you just mentioned safety and security. Are there dollars in here for more safety officers, or are there dollars here that are going to make it possible for us to afford? more safety officers in our budget because that was a that was an outcome from that meeting that a parent said that we want SROs I think that's what you call them yeah that's a great question Aaron and one thing to consider though with bonds is these are for capital projects and infrastructure Mm -hmm. Um, they can't go to staff salaries Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's not an option within 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 the bond there are several items laid out in this bond that create M&O savings okay right that that would offset and cost that electricity, right? Electricity, mm-hmm. a n- number of technology platforms and software is included in the bond mm-hmm. that would, if the bond was approved, be moved over to a capital asset. Okay. And so that would come out of the MO budget. So there's approximately $2.9 million in annual savings once all the projects are implemented. Um, and that could go to a number of things, gotcha. right? Uh, that the trustees would um, create what priorities they want mm-hmm. to assign those those savings um, to. So okay, the bonds can't be utilized, um, you know, for 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 people, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, you know, outside of just the bond conversation, it's a it's a it's a conversation that we're continue to have. Chris, this is a question for you. We are in a high inflationary environment, and no matter what you're doing. You're always surprised by inflation. And what a lot of people don't know is the inflation rate is not calculated using um, construction costs and things like that. So have we looked at – there's two variables, as I understand, that can affect the uh, efficacy of this bond. And that is, one, inflation doesn't go away or the value of homes drop. Have we tested this uh, against those possibilities? And are we confident this is the right amount? To, to weather any of those variables? Uh, yes, we have tested them. And uh, we've we've looked at different scenarios, including what would happen if we had uh, a couple of years where we actually have negative growth in our, in our tax values, uh, and we can still maintain the payment of this bond uh, at our 12 cent rate. Uh, so I think it's important for the community to understand that 
there's there's no scenario where we'd need to raise the rate above 12 cents on the INS side to pay for this bond. Okay. And then and then how about with the impact of, inf- of inflation? Like at what level did you test it? Yeah. So when we develop these projects and associated costs, we, we work with consultants to do so. Okay. Um, this is this is not Jeremy developing these costs. We're working with professionals and um, and content experts. And so they are content experts in the industry as well. Okay. And so they're kind of guiding um, some of some of these um, decisions on how we want to address inflation mm-hmm. and how we want to compound that year over year. We look at our projects, in what phase of the bond, is it out the gates or is it later in 2027? So we have appropriate inflation tied to the asset itself. It's mm-hmm. not just everything gets this this gotcha. rate, we look at the actual, the asset technology is going to be different than any type of construction improvement and things mm-hmm. like that. Give us um, two or three things that you want to make sure every voter knows um, so that they pass this bond, because it's important um, that people think about it pretty hard. First, uh, I would I would bring up is the, the way in which we're looking at, at this bond and the last couple bonds is, again, how can we offset M&O costs? Mm-hmm because 87% go to staff. The leaves low margin of, of budget in order to do capital things. Um, so it, solar, but also those technology items we talked about, $2.9 million in, in, in annual savings that could go to paying our teachers and staff more, mm-hmm. which obviously connects with the kids as close as you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just understanding, you brought up a good point, you know, ab- about the ballot language and some of those requirements around that. Like Chris said, we want to make sure everyone understands, is not confused when they get to that, yeah. uh, to, to that poll, uh, to, to make sure they understand what does that mean? As long as we can inform individuals on what that means, um, I, I think that's important mm-hmm. because these are just things that are different. Yeah. And lastly, thirdly, the propositions and why they are parsed out. Mm-hmm. Again, every voter will have an option. They're going to vote for each one of those uh, propositions separately. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to inform individuals, not advocate for them, but inform why they're like that and uh, coming out of the, the new laws and requirements that came out just after the, the last bond. Okay. Do we know if this is the largest bond that the school district has ever raised? It is. It is so. So this is the largest bond that we've ever raised, and it was put together by citizens, validated and tested by outside experts. Um, but if it does go down, the question is, do you get to keep the green jacket? That that'll be up to uh, to others. <laughs> that'll be up to um, others. <laughs> but I, I will definitely advocate to, <laughs> to, to keep, keeping the keep jacket. the green jacket. Yes. Okay, Mr. Trimble, I want to thank you for all the hard work that you continue to do to keep our kids safe and all the hard work that you did on putting this bond together. I know you've been the front man for this. And uh, Chris, Mr. Scott, I want to thank you for everything you're doing to helping guide the board and and guide our leadership toward a year that appears we're going to have a little bit of a surplus. And and I appreciate you coming here and answering all these questions and uh, helping voters to understand what they're going to do on the single largest bond vote in our 50-year history. Thank you both gentlemen for being here. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. So now you've heard the experts. This is the single largest bond in Ean's 50-year history. Are you going to vote for the tax increase? Do you like the three propositions? Are all of them important to you or just one or two? And are you confident that this bond is going to be enough to take the school down the road for the next 10 years. Early voting begins April 24th, and the formal vote is on May 6th. Thank you all for listening, and good luck.